Hey, I'm doing as I always do. I'm starting my day with a great cup of Boyer's coffee, Aspen Gold to be exact. And uh, that's that's been my preference of late, but I kind of move it around. You can move it around as well. Just go to BoyersCoffee.com. Check out all of their wonderful flavors, all their different uh, coffee products. You know the drill. They've been brewing coffee, outstanding coffee, in the Rocky Mountain region since 1965. I love to take care of local folks because they ultimately take care of us. And Boyer's Coffee has been a great community member for many, many, many decades. Again, go to their site, boyerscoffee.com, and have their wonderful product delivered right to your home. That's how I do it. You can also find it in your favorite grocery store as well if you're out and about. Boyerscoffee.com. They're great. Hey, we're well into spring, summer's days away, and of course we've gotten snow because it's the Rocky Mountains, and that's what happens in the spring. Steel can help you take care of all seasons. That's steel, S-T-I-H-L, Steel USA, or steeldealers.com. Go to either one of those sites. You're going to find a dealer near you because there's more than 10,000 around the country. And also, you can look at all of their products because they're going to help you, man. It's unbelievable. Whether it's electric, whether it's battery powered, which is my preference, or gas powered, they're going to have something to help you if you have a small yard, if you have just a, a flower beds that you want to take care of, or perhaps you have a lot of property and you got to take care of a ranch. Whatever it is, they'll get it done for you. That's why so many people worldwide use the best steel products. S-T-I-H-L, steeldealers.com or steelusa.com. This week on the Drew Goodman Podcast, the Broncos have a new owner and Drew is telling you why that's a good thing. The Avalanche are on to the Stanley Cup Final and Drew is joined by special guest Kyle Key from Altitude TV. You don't ever think that you're going to be here. I mean, you, you kind of pretend. You're like, yeah, this team's going to win the Cup. They're going to be there. When we finally got there, I was like, is this real? And did you notice what Kyle noticed about the TNT crew in the Western Conference Final? Look, I feel like, and you tell me, did you feel like everybody... And I'm talking about Gretzky, too. I'm talking about all of them. I felt like everybody was cheering for Edmonton. Subscribe to the Drew Goodman Podcast wherever you find podcasts and tell a friend. This is the Drew Goodman Podcast. All right, welcome in, everybody. It is show number 154 on the road, West Coast, California. And as I tape this on a Wednesday morning, I can report that the Rockies played a complete baseball game. Been a while, man. They won last night five to three over at Oracle Park, a place where they were swept and outscored about three to one just a few weeks ago. And it seems like every ball game that had gone by since then, there were, you know, at least one or two errors. There were walks, uh, poor starting pitching or, or poor bullpen or both on many occasions. So it was really good to see them. Uh, play a complete baseball game. Herman Marcus did not have a great first inning, but after that, he pitched a whole lot like the guy who was an all-star a year ago. Five shutout innings after that, allowed only one hit after the first, in fact. So that was great to see. And they hit the long ball on the road, which, you know, they hadn't been hitting home runs, period. Got a home run in the first from Connor Joe, and then a monumental home run for Charlie Blackman. Off the bench, three-run, pinch-hit home run into McCovey Cove. And, oh, by the way, 
It was his 200th career home run. It gave the Rockies the 5-3 to three lead. Ultimately, that's how they won the game or what the final score was. And it also was on his anniversary of his Major League debut. So that was a fun night. And we'll see if, uh, if that can get the Rockies headed, uh, in the right direction. But it was, it was very fun to see them play a complete baseball game. It had been a while and it was great to see Charlie, um, in the middle of that victory coming off the bench, no less. Um, on the Rockies topic, I failed to mention this, uh, last week, but I wanted to get this out there. There, there's a brand new top 100 minor league prospect list um, just recently updated by Baseball America. And Baseball America, very well respected as they should be in viewing the game and analyzing the game and analyzing the prospects in the game, all those minor league prospects. They do it at the amateur level as well. I, I get a lot of information from Baseball America and great respect for, for what they do. And the Rockies organization and farm system, which had been down by all accounts, whether it be Baseball America, ESPN, MLB.com, it's, it's on the rise. And we've talked a little bit about on this program, uh, in the past, but there was a, a point in time where the Rockies only had one player in the top 100 of prospects listed in baseball. And, and that was down near the back end in the 90s. Now the Rockies have four in the top 100. That's a really good number. And they have three in the top 36 in baseball prospects. Now, I know none of these guys that I'm about to mention have played one minute at the major league level. But the fact that they are now being universally regarded as top prospects, you know, that bodes well. Uh, for the Rockies' future, one would hope. And, and those uh, four players are in the three in the top uh, 36. Ezekiel Tovar is now the top Rockies prospect, a shortstop in double-A you've heard a lot about, not only, uh, not only on this program, but uh, other places as well. Zach Veen, who was drafted uh, out of a Florida high school a couple of years ago, a big, tall, rangy uh, outfielder that you know, had a great year last year. He's having a good, solid year this year. Drew Romo, catching prospect, also another kid drafted out of the Houston area, out of the Woodlands, out of high school. And Adele Amador, who is a shortstop prospect in Fresno, who's having a great year, just came over to the States for the first time. He's still a teenager. The Rockies signed him. It was an international uh, sign for $1.5 million. So a significant amount of money was given to uh, to Amador. All four of those players are in the top 100, according to Baseball America. That is a good thing. As I said, three in the top 36. And Benny Montgomery is battling some injuries right now, who was drafted uh, number one out of a Pennsylvania high school uh, last year. He's on the cusp, perhaps, of being in the top 100 as well. So the farm system uh, ha has really uh, pointed north for the Rockies uh, in, in the last uh, 12 months, and that's good to see, and uh, should pay dividends uh, at the uh, major league level in the hopefully not-too-distant future. Not We're not talking about it necessarily a year from now, though Tovar uh, certainly could get uh, get to Denver in the next year. So I wanted to mention that. Segwaying to football, the big news in our town, in our state, and in our region 
the fact that the Broncos now are going to be sold to Rob Walton uh, from from the Walmart fortune, and uh, he's joined in that ownership group by uh, somebody very interesting, Melody Hobson, who is – the, the NFL certainly wanted uh, ownership of color, and Melody Hobson is, you know, one of the brightest uh, and, and still young. I think she's in her uh, early 50s, you know, a, a bright and, and accomplished uh, person of color. She's a black woman who – is the uh, chairperson of the board of directors of Starbucks. She's the co-CEO of Ariel Investments, a multi-billion dollar investment uh, firm. Uh, she's married, uh, I, I guess, famously to George Lucas, the, you know, the, the filmmaker. But, um, uh, I, I think that's great news for the NFL and it's great news, most importantly, for, for our community because I don't really see a downside in this. He, uh, Walton's group and, and Walton himself becomes the wealthiest owner in the NFL by a bunch. And you may say, well, what difference does it make? Because there's a salary cap in the NFL whether you are the quote unquote wealthiest uh, owner or the po- poorest of the wealthy people who own football teams. It doesn't matter because there's a salary cap. That's true. But when you are the wealthiest person, your facilities, everything surrounding the organization, money is never going to be, one would figure, um, an issue. And I think most notably, potentially where this could be a factor is if Walton and his group step forward and, and privately fund a new stadium because in power fields now, you know, approaching, you know, not too far from its 25th birthday. I know that sounds crazy. You know, people drive around cars older than that. And now you're going to build another football stadium, but you could put a retractable roof on a stadium. You could host Super Bowls. You could do as Walton's cousins have done in the Kroenke family and build a whole surrounding area, which is what all organizations and communities want to see done with their, uh, especially their football stadium, but the baseball stadiums as well. And, and I'm referring to, you know, the Cronkies and what they've done in Los Angeles, um, where the Rams and Chargers play and developing the surrounding area. I would think that's in the future for Denver. I absolutely would think that's in the future for Denver. When it comes to recruiting players, what do your team facilities look like? Now, the Broncos down at Dove Valley, they, they just recently built that, that beautiful indoor facility. Um, but you would think that um, whatever the cutting edge is, they would be on it just based on finances alone. So I don't, at least at the outset, see a downside. You know that you want to have Russell Wilson tied up for the long term. I think you will see in the NFL, especially among the super duper stars, you will see more guaranteed money for the entire contract as opposed to somebody signs for a hundred million, but only 65 million is guaranteed. I think you will see a contract for Russell Wilson where, you know, it is all guaranteed. And somebody with the deepest of pockets has the ability uh, to do that. 
Uh, there'll be more on on Walton and his ownership group, I'm sure, going forward. But at least uh, initially, I certainly don't see a downside um, for uh, the followers of the Broncos, for the Denver community and the surrounding area. And that's why I wanted to point out, um, I, I think we all realize this, but we need a reminder periodically. One of the beautiful things about uh, living where we do in the Rocky Mountain region, the Broncos the Avalanche, the Nuggets, the Rockies. They're not just the city's teams, the state's teams. They're the region's teams. Utah doesn't have baseball. Salt Lake City, Wyoming, we know. They root, a lot of these folks, they root for the Broncos. They root for the Colorado Rockies, the Avalanche, the Nuggets. And so um, it's more than just... Like in the East Coast, you know, you're always bumping up against another franchise in whatever sport it is, but not so out West. So those were at least my initial thoughts on, on Rob Walton and his group um, winning the <laughs> winning the sweepstakes to own the Denver Broncos. I didn't mention this also a week ago when it came out or a couple of weeks ago. Tom Brady, when his career is done, is going to be with Fox and a reported $375 million. We know this much. When it comes to football, everything that Tom Brady has touched has turned to gold. He's the, the greatest uh, of all time, the GOAT. That's the in vogue term. We don't know how he'll be on TV. We have no idea. And it's a leap of faith um, – to assume that he's going to be the same level of star. They'll be intrigued when, when Tom Brady eventually does fully retire and, and stays retired and then goes to the broadcast booth or however, um, Fox chooses to use him. There will be looky loose. We want to, we want to see what it looks like, what it feels like, what it sounds like, but there's no guarantee because he was this otherworldly quarterback that he will mesmerize us and captivate us and entertain us in the same way he did when he was throwing passes. So that's a, that's a huge financial commitment for an unknown. And the reason I'm thinking about this is as we embark on the Stanley Cup finals, I'm bummed that TNT will not be involved any longer because I got a great kick out of their studio show. And in particular, Paul Bissonette, who is a journeyman NHL player, but has reached a, 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 a greater significance as a, a hockey analyst, as a podcaster on Spittin' Chicklets. And if you haven't listened to their podcast and you're a hockey person, or even if you're not as enthusiastic as some, you'll be entertained, I'm sure. Paul Bissonette was not anywhere close to a Tom Brady in the NHL as we know. He sits next to, oftentimes on the Turner set, the Tom Brady of the NHL, and that's the great one, Wayne Gretzky. And Wayne Gretzky's pretty darn vanilla. Yeah, he's the great one sitting there, and you know he's the great one, but when he opens his mouth, it's just, meh, it's okay. There's nothing scintillating or captivating about his commentary. It's a different animal. And that's why I'm getting, you know, down the road with, um, you know, the Brady thing, because I'm going to miss Turner's coverage in comparison from what I've seen with ESPN. They have some great 
former players on there. I'm a, a huge Marc Messier fan. You know, growing up, I was a, I was a New York Ranger fan. And in 94, he basically guaranteed that they were going to win it all. And they did. So I'll forever look at Mark Messier as one of the all-time greats, one of the great leaders of all time. I've, I've mentioned him before on this podcast, especially when talking about Gabe Landeskog and the great leadership that Landeskog provides, and Messier did it. But in the studio, he's just okay. Chris Chelios, I had great respect for, for Chelios, for the Red Wings and the Blackhawks, and you know what a great defenseman, a tough guy's tough guy, right? But he's just okay. Turner's led by Paul Bissonnette. I like, I like Tockett. I like Anson Carter as well. Kind of the fourth guy in that whole grouping is Gretzky, clearly the most famous and, and the most mo- notable. Um, but there's no guarantee just because you were great at one thing, you're going to be great at another thing. So that's why I went on my little, uh, rant there on, uh, you know, on Tom Brady and what it'll look like eventually when he is doing television. Um, and, and I wanted to shout out Paul Bissonette and, uh, you know, he's fine. I mean, who, who would let somebody do that to their hair and then keep rolling like he did, uh, on the pregame? One other note about the coverage of the NHL. For me, there, there's two NHL play by play voices over the last 30, 40 years that stand out more than any other. Doc Emmerich and Gary Thorne. Doc Emmerich and Gary Thorne. And Doc Emmerich retired after a tremendous run. Gary Thorne, with those great pipes and, and so capable in, in hockey and also baseball, Gary Thorne's sitting out there because he was let go by the Orioles, which is inexplicable to me, um, a year ago. Don't understand that at all. And whether it was Turner or ESPN, and, that, and that's being respectful of the people they did hire um, to do play-by-play, why would you not hire Gary Thorne? I mean, you have the best sitting out there, and though Gary's into his 70s, I, he's still got a prime voice and, and still as good as ever. And I wish that, that one of those entities um, had hired him because I'd love to – Watch the Stanley Cup Finals with the Avalanche either taken on Tampa or the Rangers with it being narrated and called by Gary Thorne. And again, that is not to be dismissive of anyone else who's going to be calling the games. It's just uh, to suggest that Gary Thorne belongs because uh, he's an iconic voice in hockey. Well, continuing in hockey, I'm so excited about the Avalanche uh, and whether, as I said, it was Tampa or New York, we'll, we'll soon find out. Maybe by the time you listen to this, you know who the uh, opponent will be. But the Avalanche are four wins away. And I thought to myself, I need to call my buddy Kyle Keefe, who does such a great job covering the Avalanche uh, on altitude and, and hosting their pre- and post-game coverage. Uh, it, it's It's fun. Uh, it, it's always entertaining watching, uh, Kyle and the guys. And, um, so I felt like, you know what? I'm going to call Kiefer because we text all the time during the games and after the games and, and compare notes. And I'm just going to have a hockey conversation with Kyle and get his thoughts on, on the avalanche being four wins away from winning the cup for the third time. And wouldn't that be something? 
So uh, Kyle Keefe without Mark Rycroft, it's just uh, me and Kiefer uh, shooting the bull on our Ideal Home Loans interview of the week. Enjoy, everybody. All right, buddy. Before we um, officially talk avalanche all the time, how you been, man? You doing all right? Yeah, good. It's, um, you know, Drew, it's like you don't ever think that you're going to be here. I mean, you, you kind of pretend. You're like, yeah, this team's going to win the Cup. They're going to be there. But you do you really believe it? So I'm always like, when we finally got there, I was like, oh, my God. I even said to you, I was like, is this real? Is this, you know, Drew, hit me. Slap me across the face. Is this real? We're actually doing this. So, you know, it's pretty cool for Dana and Quincy to be like, you know, Daddy, your your team's going to play for the Stanley Cup. And I'm like, it, like, hits you at a certain point. You're like, oh, my God. Like, we are. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's freaking awesome. It, it it's amazing and uh, it is funny because when I when you you know you and I text frequently and um and when you text me hey is this really ha- I mean can we win this thing I'm like dude dude first of all you're there every day so far be it for me to be uh, answering that but uh, absolutely absolutely yeah. you know well you're the Godfather I mean you're the Godfather you you know you were here you know when it all started so I you know I. Re- Always refer back. It's like Pete's like my great, my source of sort of wisdom. I'm like Pete. Can they? Are they going to win this game? I mean, it's going to overtime. It's five five. Oh, settle, young Jedi. For that, right. <laughs> wow. so it's pretty. I, awesome. I, I, you and I both have learned so much uh, hockey from McNabb. Uh, he's he's the best. Hey, real quick, I'll tell you a funny story and get a kick out of because you know we're out in San Francisco as we take this, and and the Rockies are playing the Giants. So Monday was an off day, Kiefer, and um, I I roll up to uh, I rented a car and I rolled up to um to Sonoma. I've been to Napa before, but I've never been to Sonoma. Have you ever been to Sonoma, by the way? I have. I've been to Napa, but I'm always I always get a driver too because I don't trust myself around the wine tasting. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. And uh, I didn't go to a, uh, I knew I wasn't going to go to a wine tasting because just I didn't set it up, and that's kind of how I am. I just kind of do things impulsively. And anyhow, so I, I'm driving, I'm cruising around. It's beautiful up there, and I passed the raceway, Sonoma Raceway. Um, and so then I'm walking around Sonoma, and it's beautiful out. And I'm, I kind of have this haphazard plan that I'll get a little appetizer in Sonoma. You know, and maybe have a glass of wine, and then I'll drive toward the coast, and maybe I'll have dinner on the on the coast, and then uh, drive back to San Francisco. I mean, does, I, does that sound like the life? I mean, I know, I know, I know. Listen, I know, I sound, I, I sound like I'm, uh, you know, some rich guy. But the funny thing is, so I'm literally, Kyle, I'm walking around Sonoma, and all of a sudden my phone pings, and it and it's. And oh, and by the way, I'm going to watch the game over dinner when I get to the coast. So yeah. my phone pings, and it's like you know, uh, you know, Avalanche uh, Oilers starting. I'm like, what? I oh, it's five. Uh, yeah, I forgot. First of all, it's five. I I knew what it was five o'clock, but I keep forgetting that it was starting an hour earlier um, in Denver. So I'm like, oh my god, I got to find a place to watch the game. So I literally, I sat down, and I had dinner in Sonoma, and I'm sitting there by myself with my phone propped up, and I'm getting long-winded here. But I watched the first two periods, and then I'm and then I'm a little pissed off and bummed out. I'm like, I'm not watching the third. They're down. Right. right. This is going to be. I'm not worried that they're going to lose the series, but I'm going to go. Okay, this is the obligatory game now that Edmonton yep. gets. And, 
And uh, so then when it got got to within a goal, I couldn't help myself. I started watching again, so it's awesome. But so uh, did you? So did you end up watching the entire game on your phone, or did you have to like pull over at Johnny's Roadway and watch it on the TV? No, I I actually because when I get really into I you know I get really into watching the game, so I don't want any sort of disruption. I don't want somebody mm-hmm. next to me talking to. I want to watch the game. So I literally I watched the first two periods there. I went and got a little ice cream and I sat by myself on a park bench in beautiful yeah. little town of Sonoma. I watched the third period and then I said, "All right, I got to start making my way back to San Francisco." So I drove for 15 minutes and then I pulled off on a side road. It literally yeah. was like a vineyard. <laughs> and I watched in my car and thank goodness they scored quickly in overtime. Uh, you know, and, and then I can make my way happily down the road. It's so funny. Two, uh, you know, two things. First of all, back to your, you have to watch in peace because I am a psycho when it comes to that. Like, I will tell you that during football season, the, the, the worst word that my wife can hear is seven hours of commercial free football starts now because she knows. That once the you know once the uh, that, that red zone comes on, I'm out. I'm out. I can't hear. I can't see. It's just pure focus. Um, and then the other thing about you know watching that is, I said to Pete, I go, dude, this is I'm telling you with McDavid and McKinnon and all that talent, this doesn't last three minutes. And he's like, oh, you know, he was watching up in the studio. I said, I'll come down and watch with you and Riker. And I said, okay, well, get get on your horse. Cause I, I'm telling you, the second he walked into our room. He's like, is that, was that a high stick? Was that a high stick? I go, I don't know. Oh, my God, it looks like it's a high stick. And we were like, oh, no, God, you got to be kidding me. Nope, goal. I mean, we were absolutely losing our mind. Yeah, what was the consensus? Because you're sitting there with, with a couple of guys who played forever. Um, did, did they, for one moment, think that the letting goal was going to get overturned? They they both thought 100% overturned, 100% oh. overturned. I'd never heard that rule. Pete had never heard it. Riker never heard it. I, you just assume it's the bar, right? But it, right. it becomes the shoulder once if he touches it, which I had no idea. Did you know that? No, I had no. I I just uh, I I immediately think of the the bar, the crossbar. Yeah. You can't have your stick above the crossbar. Well, and then listening to you know Lekkinen and and those guys after the game, even he was like. Oh God! Oh no! And you know they'd already celebrated. They had you know they had forty seconds of celebration, and then you you turn around and you know the the priest is going, mm, you may have sinned, and you're like, oh no! And then they made it. They made it pretty quick. They went to Toronto, and we didn't have to wait that long, so it was it was pretty cool. But for a minute there, it was a mouthful of barf, just going, oh God! Did, are they going to take this away from us? This is going to be another game five. St. Louis, where you have this miraculous comeback and somehow you lose. Yeah, I know. And that, when you look, look, there's been 14 hockey games as you and I chat today. And 12, and the Avalanche celebrated in 12, which is, which is remarkable in yeah. itself. Was there one that made you more nervous, one victory that made you more nervous than another, or do they all kind of, you know, obviously there was a couple that, that were comfortable, they were comfortably ahead, but was, was there one that made you more nervous than another? Game one against St. Louis, and the only reason I say that is, you know, Jordan Bennington could have, could have won the Stanley Cup by himself. He could have beaten us, 
by himself. And that game won against them. And I know we beat them, but, you know, as we were watching that, I was like, oh, no, this is the Bennington from 2018. I don't like this guy. This is not the guy we, we want to see. We want to see Huso, you know, because Huso played, you know, the majority of the games in the, in the regular season. So then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, God. Then they won game two. And I'm thinking to myself, this is the second round curse. We're not even supposed to talk about the second round. Say, oh, my God, it's going to happen again. Um, so when he went out and, you know, it wasn't, you know, you could say, well, you're a homer, all that sort of stuff, and St. Louis fans are going to disagree with me. But it was Callie Rosen that landed on his knee. You know, it's two guys going for a loose puck in the in the crease, and Bennington gets hurt, and all of a sudden that series changes. But that first game against St. Louis, I was like, oh no, this is I, I don't I don't like the way he's playing. He's playing too good. What was that? The best team the Avalanche have played thus yeah. far. Okay, or yeah. I was just say, or was it the the Avalanche psychologically having to get past? the second-round Blues, and that's why – and I mean Blues, not St. Louis, the second-round yeah. Blues yeah. of the last few years. I mean, yeah. which which was it? Well, it's funny because, you know, I'm such a geek. I'm always like, I'm going to look up a – you know, I'm going to look up like a powerful thing about pain, and I'm going to become – I'm going to say stuff, and people are going to be like, oh, man, that is – that shit is good. Like, So I found this one thing that was – it said – Pain isn't done with you until it's done teaching you. And I'm like, whoa. Now that is deep. That is going to get some, that's going to get some tears going. And then I said it and everyone's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, well, you know, they lost three years in a row in round two. And they're like, Kiefer, you know, it's, these guys are professional athletes. They, you know, they're beyond round two. They want the, they want the freaking Stanley Cup. So let's go. And I sort of had to, I had a little moment with myself where I was like, okay. But in my opinion, the St. Louis Blues are built for the playoffs, right? Like Nashville, kind of flashy, but they didn't have their goalie. And that's, he's kind of, you know, he's kind of hit or miss. He's hot or he's not. And then, you know, they were, they were just, they just didn't have it, you know? And then St. Louis was, they just had it. And that last series with McDavid, look, I feel like, and you tell me, is is this, did you feel like everybody, and I'm talking about Gretzky too. I'm talking about all of them. I felt like everybody was cheering for Edmonton. Am I, Am I crazy? I, I, you know what? It, 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 that's really uh, let me let me answer this as I think about it because that's a really interesting thought, and, and I think some of it was, and I and I love the TNT crew. I did too. Um, I, I think this next you know breath of fresh air is fun. Uh, you know, you have Tockett is a tough guy who has two perspectives, coach over, you know, more recently, but obviously, you know, a lot of us remember him as a hell of a power forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but Gretzky is this iconic figure. He's not great on the air, let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, but he's Gretzky. And, but the ties are inextricable to Edmonton. So even though he tried to not be biased, everyone who is pulling for the Avalanche sees this bias, and the, there's an acknowledgement, Kyle, that, that Nathan McKinnon is a great player, but it's clear that Connor McDavid is the king. 100%. And, and so I felt like, yes, if you are watching in, in, you know, anywhere else in the country, oh, Edmonton's supposed to win. The Avalanche are a great team, but Edmonton's got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and... 
the great ones former team. So yes, I, I think there there was something to that. Well, and, and so I'm, as I watch those, okay, I, I'm a you read body language, right? Like this and that, half his head shaved off, and he's a nut job, and everybody loves him on spitting chicklets. But he offers some pretty good insight. Like he may have you know not been the greatest NHL player, but he knows the game and he knows players. And Liam does a nice job of sort of, you know, directing everybody here and there. Anson Carter, you know, good personality, plays both sides. And then on the other side, you got Tockett, you know, who we've talked about. And then Gretzky, like, his body language was just like, do I really want to be here? Do I really, you know, and and so, but I hang on every word he says. I mean, I'm just, I want to hear every word out of his mouth. But it just felt so pro-McDavid that Riker and I are sitting there going, are we that bad? And we are bad. I'm not. If you turn, if you turn out to Riker's going to rip them. Like he's going to, he's going to rip the abs when he has to. But for the most part, we're we're pretty pro Avalanche. But I just, you know, as I'm watching that series, look, I love watching McDavid. If it wasn't us, I would love for him to go to the Stanley Cup. But they're just as a team, they're just not as good enough. I mean, the Avs just are too good. No, and, and that came out, and I said this on the podcast last week, that I thought McKinnon handled the inevitable questions about McKinnon versus McDavid perfectly. Mm-hmm. He completely threw praise at Connor McDavid, saying, no, he's the best player in the world, uh, you know, and he threw, obviously, great praise at, at Dreisaitl as well, but he deferred to McDavid, and I thought, listen, he's a, McKinnon doesn't need to take a backseat to anyone, right. Connor McDavid included, and Connor McDavid's fabulous, he's won hard trophies, he's been a finalist, he doesn't, I understand that, but inside, internally, it was, I'm not going to make this at all about an individual competition, it's all about the avalanche, and yet, as much as the fight, and you would, uh, I'm going to solicit your opinion because you're with these guys every day. I, I'm from afar, and I'm thinking, as badly as McKinnon wants to hold that Stanley Cup, he also has, if it's possible, to have a you know a little bit extra fuel in that series against Edmonton because I want to show the rest of the world I'm just as good as this son of a gun. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, that? I, yeah, I do, and you may have said it perfectly. I'm not sure I can say it better, but I, I'm just watching these guys after wins and after wrapping up series, and it's almost like, did, did we just lose or did we win? Because by the tone that I'm watching and hearing, it, had you not watched the game, you wouldn't have known if they were won or lost. No, they were, nobody's pumping each other's tires. They're sort of like, there's a job due, and yeah, da 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 Even when they touched the trophy, I don't know if you saw this, Drew, but somebody did like the great sort of audio of the team over by the bench trying to decide whether or not to touch the trophy. And, you know, there was some discussion. A couple guys, I'm not touching it. And a couple guys were like, well, why? Why, you know, why, why should we touch it? And then here comes Joe Sackick out onto the bench. And you just thought that freaking Michael Jackson walked out, you know, on stage. Everybody. I mean, everybody. Landy, Ken, every turn. They all go right to it. What do you think? What do you think? And Joe's like, you want it? Go touch it. You know, we did. And so immediately, you know, you go back to flashes in 2001, Joe touched it, Ray touched it, they, they touched it. They're like, you know, screw that. You earned it. You know, it's not easy to, to win the Western Conference. Go enjoy it. 
Then they were stoic. <laughs> you know, I'm like, watch this. No, Landy's no smile. McKinnon, no smile. EJ right there. You know, they earned that, but knowing full well that there's a bigger prize on the other side. So you, you think of Nathan McKinnon's career, and you're like, this guy is not going through his entire NHL career without winning at least one Stanley Cup. So, like, I, I'm looking at these odds for Tom Smythe, and they've got Kale McCarr as, like, minus 175, and there's McKinnon at plus 200. And not, I'm, I, trust me, I love Kale McCarr as much as anybody. He's phenomenal. But this just feels like McKinnon's going to freak out. This just feels like I, I think he's on the biggest stage in hockey, and I think he's going to make people be like, Whoa. More with Kyle Key from Altitude Sports in a moment, but first is for Ideal Home Loans. Give Ideal Home Loans a call, 303-867-7000, because I'm sure like uh, so many of uh, us, you have questions out there about getting money lent, how to navigate this crazy real estate market that we are now in with interest rates much higher than they were. Ideal Home Loans has great ideas that can help you still save money in this most strange of markets. Give them a call. They're outstanding at what they do, 303-867-7000, and they're going to help you reach your dreams, whether it's a new home, whether it's remodeling your current home. They are the experts in helping you save money and getting where you want to be even with the change in interest rates. So give them a call at Ideal Home Loans, 303-867-7000. It's Brent Ivinson's team. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They have done so well here in Colorado for more than two decades. They're also a big player down in Arizona as well. 303-867-7000, Ideal Home Loans. Now back to more with Kyle Keefe of Altitude Sports. We talk hockey. Going back to Gretzky very quickly, the statement he made at the conclusion of the series, even though you understand his bias, when he said night in and night out, the best player on the ice, with all due respect to, to, to McKinnon and McDavid and Drysdale, the best player on the ice, and I think and this is accurate, was Kale McCarr. Yeah. He's Kale so, McCarr. It's funny because I'm, I'm, I've sort of become good friends with his dad, and I don't know how it, it sort of happened organically. Like, he had emailed me once and said, uh, hey, uh, I think you guys do a great job. And I was like, Aaron McCarr, oh, my God, is this Kale's dad? And so, you know, I wrote back kind of a, hey, thank you, blah, 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 blah. And sure enough, it was Kale's dad. Well, since then, we've emailed 50 times, right? We go back and forth. And he's my age, crew, <laughs> you know. And he's like, I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm basically just talking to my buddy because he's a nut. He's crazy. He's crazy hockey. He loves it. Just, I mean, it's just right. like he's my talking, right? He's totally normal, dude. And, uh, you know, I try and temper myself when I'm talking about Kale, but, you know, it's hard sometimes when you're like, <clears throat> this kid is, he's like lightning and thunder. And, you know, they asked Eric Johnson to describe Kale's game. And he's like, I can't. I mean, we've already given you everything. It's, it, you know, when you think he's good at this, he's better. When he, when he, when he couldn't be a nicer guy, he's nicer. You know, he's just, he's got all the tools that make him the most well-rounded human being and maybe the greatest defenseman to ever play the game. And Gretzky com- compared him to that. Gretzky said he's in Bobby Orr's 
league. He's in the same conversation. And that's from Wayne Gretzky. I'm, that's not me. You know, that's right. me and a couple of beers hanging out with the boys in the backyard. That's Wayne Gretzky on TV saying that. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth. He's a he's a freak show. He's a freak show because there's nothing he doesn't do well. He uh, it's a, far be it for me to start breaking down, you know, how marvelous a skater is. I, I thought I, there were a couple times on the penalty kill that where he did a mini Forsberg where he like yeah. killed the damn thing by himself. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's so funny because he, you know, he's all of his, you know, attention and prowess is God. This kid's such a good offenseman. He stole the puck from Connor McDavid on a breakaway. That was the play of the series for me. Yeah. Play of the series. I mean, and it says so much. And I guarantee you there were so many people that had already voted for the Norris and probably voted for Roman Yossi that said, can I, can I just grab my ballot back? Just I want to make one real quick change. I just want to scratch something out. And, you know, he, he should he should win the Norris. I don't think he's going to. I honestly think that Roman Yossi's going to win because of what he did the last two months. But – He's showcasing himself right now to where even the other defensemen are like, ah, oh, come on, dude. This, he's the best. He's the best. I, I, I agree, and I think that'll set him up down the road. But um, if he's holding the Stanley Cup, I, I, I get the feeling, the humility that this young man truly has. That's what that's what's going to be important to him. Let me ask you some, some hockey questions as we go forward. First, first of all, because as we take this, it's 2-2, uh, the two-time defending Lightning, and the Rangers. I don't think anybody's shocked by the fact that Game Four went to the Lightning. Who, if they had to choose, and I know publicly they'll say we don't, you know, whoever's next up. Great respect for the Rangers. Great respect for the Lightning. Internally, and you spent a lot of time with, with, with as you call him, Betsy, with, with Jared Bednar. You spend uh, time with Joe Sakic. Who do you think they would prefer to play? Well. Um, for them, I think the sort of run-and-gun style with New York would, would favor Colorado. Um, I think Tampa Bay has a better team, but I think New York has a better goalie. And that's hard. A lot of people are going to go, what? You think Shesterkin's better than Vasilevsky? And I'm just going to say that right now, I do. I think the Rangers have a better goalie, but Tampa a better team. That being said, you saw what Edmonton tried to do. You know, they were like, okay, we have to, we, we have to run a gun. They moved right side on McDavid back together just because they're like, look, if we're going to win, it's going to be 6-5. You know, the, their closest game was 8-6 up to that point. So, 4-0, right. 4-2, four four they were like, look, we, okay, we, we can't play the St. Louis Blues style hockey and, you know, we just don't have it. So, for the Ranger game, I would think that with the Banajad and Kreider and Adam Fox, you know, moving the puck, that would suit. That would probably be a more sort of energetic, entertaining series. If it is the Lightning, <clears throat> which I think it will be, um, it's you know it's like David versus Goliath. It's these you know it's these kids that have been together for what eight, nine, ten years now. Landeskog, youngest captain ever, forty-eight point season. Coach has risen from, you know, the depths of darkness to, you know, the winningest coach in Avalanche history. And here they are, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr against the champs, against Steven Stamkos and Kucherov, and, and a, a team that really never got to celebrate the Stanley Cup with COVID and the bubble. And it just felt weird, right? It was like, who won? Oh, they won again. You know, it's just they never really got to do it. So 
But I think the Avalanche come out on top, Drew. And I, the reason I say that, not just my gut, is because I think they want it more. I just can't say as that was exposed a little in the first two games against the Rangers. They came out a little bit sleepy after an eight-day break. And I think they've been there, done that. I think they're showing some, some guts here in this series. But I think when it, when it comes down to a, watching JT Comper the other night, face Bouchard, face first into a guy that can hit a 100-mile-an-hour slap shot with his face right into his stick, showing his, oh, you know, showing his, every part of his body, like, hit it, hit it as hard as you can, and I don't even care if you hit me in the face. That says something to me. Cogliano breaking his hand. There's just something about this team that's like, you're not going to outwork us. So I would say they want the Rangers, but they're going to get the Lightning. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I, I want to ask you about the goaltenders because this has happened before in Stanley Cup runs, but but this one's interesting. So Kemper, you know, has to – you know, it's not a discernible injury where a guy goes down, there's timeout, and, and goaltender hobbles off the ice. Goaltender just kind of makes his way off the ice, and next thing you know – you know, Francois in there. The next yeah. thing you know is Francois has been solid. Yeah. And now you running with Francois, but the clear number one had been Darcy Kemper. Who's in goal in game one, and does it ultimately matter, and could you make a change in the middle of the series if necessary? Yeah, God. I mean, geez, those are the three greatest questions ever. Um, I, I would say, well, going back to Kemper. And I think I told you this via text when we were going back and forth. Now, this is just my opinion, but I think there was some sort of realization on the ice, even though he got hit in the face, face mask by Puck twice, there was some realization that he didn't have his best game. You know, that one goal that he let McLeod score where it was just sitting right in the crease to his right, you know, I think the abs were up big. And I think he realized, I don't have my best stuff. And at that point, the Avs had a goal or two-goal lead, and he went over to Jared and said, look, I'm either not seeing something right or my head's not in it or I'm shooken. I want the team to win. Let's get Frankie in there. And they made the change. So he came in. Frankie came in. He, you know, he had the shutout, played good. He did have some goals that were sort of like, eh, you know. So he, I think he did a perfect job in the backup role. That being said, they didn't go out and give up two draft picks and Connor Timmons for Darcy Kemper to have him ride the pine in the Stanley Cup Finals. I think Darcy starts, but I think that it is on the table that Frankie could come in at any point. Does not Kadri oh God. make an appearance as crazy <laughs> as this sounds? He had surgery reportedly. You know, we'll put that in air quotes. Yeah. Is, is it possible? Because hockey players are different. Yeah. Is it is it possible they figure out a way to put a stick in this guy's, you know, he can get a thumb and a glove and, and grip a stick? Is there any way possible or is that ridiculous? I know. I, I don't. I mean, Terry Fox ran across the United States one leg. I mean, it's possible. You know, Leon Dreisaitl, did he look good to you? Did Leon Dreisaitl yeah, look healthy? Yeah, I, yeah, I'd take him on my club, yep. So it's like I, I got a feeling that this is, you know, first of all, let me say this. Thank God that it wasn't something more serious, you know, because Nas deserves – he deserves to get paid, you know. If it's with Colorado or some other team, you know, he's going to be a he's gonna be a free agent. And he's had an unbelievable year, 87 points. You know, he was – his 
he deserves to get paid. And for him to, like, break his leg or, or hurt his back or anything like that is completely unfair. So thank God it was just, you know, whatever in his hands. Um, I guess they're reporting it's a uh, song. So first of all, that. But then second of all, I think you go into the doctor and you say, I don't care if you have to give me a prosthetic. You know, I don't care if you got to pump 500 Gs of ibuprofen in my hand. Figure out a way to get me on that ice and make me 85%. Um, so to answer your question, I, dude, I think that he does play. And I don't know if it's game one or game two, but I think he's going to find a way to get out there and make this work. And, he, yeah, he might be in the spirit world the whole time just because, he's, you know, it's like they got to get it through the pain. But I think he – I know it's crazy, but I think he plays. Now, Cogliano, did you see that knee book? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that looked bad. That looked bad. I mean, he couldn't even shake people's hand in the line. It looked like the Perigno's yeah. hand. So I don't know if he plays. And, and yet they keep marching on, and there's been underappreciated guys for the emergence of guys. I think we've always known that J.T. Comper is a very useful player, um, but but now he's emerged. Who else raises their game, and, and should we be surprised? Because one of the things that has been celebrated by – uh, everyone that's followed the Avalanche through this run is, wow, they really have great depth. They do truly roll four lines that you have to be concerned with. Yeah. So, I've, Riker and I talked about this, and behind closed doors, and this is this is the kind of, you know, when you build a really long relationship with somebody, you, you, you're just like, dude, shoot me straight. Like, let's be honest with each other. We're not on TV. We're, just shoot me straight. Riker's like, and then, you know, all that, all that stuff, you know, all the JT Comfort goals and, you know, the Cogliano goals and O'Connor, that's great. He's like, uh-uh, this is, this is Landis Cog, Nico and Nate. That's going to be, they're going to be the ones. They're the ones, they're the ones that are going to shine in the Stanley Cup final. I'm like, why? And he's like, it's just, I could just feel it. You know, that, that goal by Landis Cog, that was just pure, that was just pure, I want it more than you. McKinnon, he just thinks he's going to freak out. You know, Miko, Miko's just now starting to get, like, hot, right? So he had 11 assists or whatever, no goals, got the empty netter, had a goal in four or five straight games. Riker may be right. I mean, Stamkos, Kucherov, you know, the big studs win the big games. And I think this is this is the time for our, you know, our core, our group of, you know, superstars to, to come through. So, if there if there's one guy, you know, if you're saying like Comfer or Burkowski, I'm just gonna go with Big Three and I'm gonna say they steal the show. Which would fit the the one of the great old hockey cliches: our best players have to be the best players yep. on the ice yep. in the big game, right? Yep. Um, so yep. so that that does fit that narrative. Uh, before I let you fly, the the one other question that's going to be and, and sort of uh, you know out there. And I will make an analogy to the 07 Colorado Rockies here, if I may. I think that when they got to the World Series, after being the hottest team we've seen in baseball in, in forever, I mean, they just steamrolled everyone. And all of a sudden, they had to wait nine days to play the Red Sox. And we know what happened against the Red Sox. The Red Sox then swept them. Everybody said it was too long a layoff. They, they you know, they lost their edge. They weren't as sharp. Um, I, I think ultimately the Red Sox probably would have won that series anyhow. I think they were better. Um, but the layoff really hurt the Rockies. Does the layoff potentially hurt the Avalanche? Yes, yes and no. 
and I'll make a comparison to the Montreal Canadiens last year. They were the hottest team, right? But they weren't as good as Tampa, and everybody knew it. And it was a great story, and they could have done it, and maybe they had a you know 20% chance of beating them. But they didn't. And I think that's the same thing with the Rockies. I remember being there, you know, and you're, you're, you're thinking, okay, Red Sox. And then you're like, oh, the Red Sox. Um, so it's, it's not a very fun story to get in there and get your butt kicked. So for the Avalanche, I think it does hurt. And maybe you see a little bit in game one. Because, and that's not, I mean, it's just the truth. I mean, you, you want to stay playing hockey. You ask Nathan McKinnon, he would have started the series today, tomorrow. You know, he wants to be playing hockey as much as possible. So I think there is some residue that they'll have to get over. The good news is they're at home. They'll be the home team. They'll have home ice. So that'll give them that sort of energy there in the first period. Um, But in the long run, Bud, I just, you know, Eric Johnson, 12 years with the Avs, never been there. Jack Johnson, been in the league a long time, never been there. Kale McCarr up to the moment, scored in his first ever freaking hockey or playoff game against Calgary. I just, I just think that the the moment is not too big for this team, and I, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, think that Vegas has this one right. They know they're the best team, and I think the Avs win the Stanley Cup. I think the Avs win the Stanley Cup. Uh, uh, I'm so excited. There's nothing more thrilling than having a team that you're pulling hard for. In the NHL playoffs, it, it, it's the greatest sports theater uh, because it, it lasts two months and there, there's so many subplots and, and it, yeah. it's just edgy, it's edgy your seat. It makes me – it's like you and I texted back and forth. It makes me nervous yeah. to watch. And I'm like, I, I just like you, we've worked in sports a long time. You get a little jaded and you're like, I have no – I can't, you know, I have nothing to do with the outcome. I can't influence the outcome in any way, and yet it still makes me nervous. And I'm just still fan. So I think me too. There's no funny because I'm like, can I just, can I just go outside and then you guys just text me what's happening? Because I don't want to watch. I don't want to, you know, as much as I love watching, I don't want to watch. I just want somebody to tell me the score, and then I'll come in and watch. Because I can't. The the emotional roller coaster just makes me sick to my stomach. So, and I know. It's not just you and me, but it's everybody, and hopefully it is everybody, and that's that's sports, that's passion, and and that's what makes celebrating wins so awesome. So let's just all be sick together and go through this next two weeks. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave you. Hey, I'll leave you with this one. Um, Buddy, I, I was talking to Buddy Black about you know the abs yesterday. And his dad, I don't know if you know, his dad was a professional hockey player. So yeah. um, even though he was a baseball player, he he appreciates hockey. And he, you know, he's been watching. And he goes, you know, he goes, the Avalanche, they're going to get it done. He, and, and, you know, yeah. it's kind of that, that other former professional athlete and now head, you know, he, he's not, we call him a manager, obviously, in baseball, but head coach and appreciation for, for Bednar and just kind of having that sixth sense um, of, of doing what they do. And he said, they're going to win it. And, uh so, yeah, there, there's, there's a lot of people on board. Hey, um, hang with me for one sec, but uh, off the air, if you will. But it, it's great catching up, man. And we'll uh, we'll be texting back and forth here in a fury when this thing gets uh, rolling, whether it's the Rangers or Tampa Bay. But I, I love your insight and appreciate the enthusiasm and I appreciate uh, uh, all the uh, – all the, the inside stuff as well, man. You, you bet, bud. I, you know, I always love chatting with him. 
always happy to come on. I love the show. And let's go win a cup, bud. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be an absolute blast. And uh, maybe in a couple of weeks, we're talking about a Stanley Cup championship parade here in Denver. How awesome would that be? And, and just so sometimes you, 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 you know, nicknames are used on a podcast, and I, and I want I don't want people to feel like left out. Who are they talking about? Um, you know, Mark Rycroft is somebody that that you know Kiefer obviously is referencing, and also when he mentions Pete, the great Peter McNabb. So if you were wondering hey, who are they talking about right there, Mark Rycroft, Peter McNabb, and um, you're up to speed. That's going to do it for uh, this edition of the uh, Drew Goodman Podcast. Thanks for telling people. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for downloading all those things. And a reminder, as always, to check out my buddy Patrick Lyons on the DNVR Rockies podcast five days a week and all the written material uh, that Patrick produces, uh, keeping you entirely not only up to speed on the Rockies, but on Rockies prospects. I was talking about prospects earlier uh, in the show. Um, on all things having to do with baseball. And they do that with the Avalanche. They do that with the Broncos. They do that uh, with the Nuggets and uh, University of Colorado and CSU uh, as well. So, you know, download the DNVR product and uh, you'll be glad you did. You'll be uh, wiser to uh, our area sports teams if you do that. We'll do it again next week. Uh, Thanks for indulging me again. Stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll talk in a week. 